Hey Vanderpump Rob's listeners, it's a big day for us all. I'm finally recapping a current season of a Bravo show. That's right, my friend Molly Schwartz and I are watching all of Winter House Season 2, and you're along for the ride. So, the best thing you can do to support the show is go to patreon.com slash vanderpumprobs and join in all the fun. But also, if you're going to listen to the episodes outside of the paywall, then at least please leave us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher you use. Everything helps. So, don't forget, for less than the price of a pump teeny, you can gain access to a fun community with watch parties, bonus and ad-free episodes that are given to you early, and so much more over at patreon.com slash vanderpumprobs. Now let's get on with today's episode of Winter House, Season 2, Episode 1. Play us a little ditty, Tom. Shorts, we're in Vermont. I'm a healthy fat. Gonna drink some beers. Maybe make some bad decisions. Double Jesus Christ! This season on Winter House. You need to f- up, baby. Oh, Kyle! Who needs the Olympics? I'm sorry, Paige. I was trying to hit Craig. I will literally come over and jam my pole up your f-ing ass. Damn. First kiss in the house. This will be the longest Paige and I have ever spent together. Bend over. Whoa. I'm not used to living with a boyfriend. I'm f***ing terrified. Listen. What is Vermont known for? Sex? I've always been very, like, sexually curious. I don't like when it's too long. You just gave hope to everyone. How cool is it being married? I'm in the honeymoon stage. They're so in love with each other. Come here, baby. Come here. It's kind of sickening. Corey's my little brother in the fraternity. Then you're essentially his role model. Oh. So we're <laughs> Yeah. Corey's the heartthrob of our house right now. The girls in the house have no idea, but I'm kind of pursuing all of them at this point. You're single, right? Yeah, ready for some fun. I'm really excited to get to know Rachel. Go make your move. We're here, babe. Holy cow. There's definitely unresolved conversations. There's no handbook on how to handle this. I understand that. It hurt. When Lindsay announced that her and Carl were together that same night, according to Austin, Holy sh! I've seen his wife posting on social media. The power of divorce. Where are you and Katie right now? I just can't imagine my life without her. The hypocrisy of this house. All you do is hypocrisy, put me in weird situations, Austin. Why are you yelling at me? You're the only one yelling. Would you say it when people are fighting? Get your boyfriend on a f***ing chain. You just touched my f***ing girlfriend in me and knocked the f*** out. I will throw you through a goddamn window. Do it! Get him the f*** this goddamn house now. He's gone. Dude, how crazy is this f***ing house? I think I have alcohol poisoning. Oh, 
Welcome to Vanderpump Rob's a sexy, unique recap podcast hosted by me, Rob Schulte, and my friend Molly Schwartz. Hey, Molly. Hi, Rob. Um, you've been on the show many times. We've talked our our passion for reality TV, but this is the first time we've decided to dip our toes into a different reality show. But we have reasoning. We're covering the first episode of the second season of Winter House. Everyone's seen the title of the episode. You helped me realize how important it is. And we'll get into a little bit more of that lately. But are you as excited as me? I, I'm very excited about this. Rob, I'm so excited. And I'm so excited that you came on this journey with me. I feel like there are more <laughs> corners of the Bravo universe for us to explore together. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought I was going to have an ending to this podcast at some point. But no, there's no ending in sight, which is pretty good because... Um, there's no official announcement yet, but I will let dedicated listeners of this podcast know that I was just accepted to a network. So. Ah, awesome. Yes. Uh, official announcement coming soon. And Molly, more details after we record this episode. Ooh, so, just dropping that in. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yep. Uh, but yeah, we're gearing up for season 10 of Vanderpump Rules and any sort of large television show announcement also has to come with like a preamble you know you're not getting a new marvel movie without like three shorts online before it that's that's what we're doing with winter house yeah who knows maybe we'll end up liking winter house more we'll see i'm yeah. so curious to hear what you think actually <laughs> um okay so Talk to me. Can you walk me through a little bit of like the Winter House origin story? Because I've been binging Summer House and then I watched the first season of Winter House. But I feel like you lose some of the nuance when you binge. Sure, sure. You're kind of uh, you're not seeing it within context of what was going on at the time. And I think the context here is super important because during the pandemic, people were watching a lot of TV. And my understanding is there was a huge spike in the Summer House audience. So that show took off in a way that it hadn't before. And I think some people were even saying like Summer House was getting van better than Vanderpump. But I don't know. I don't Whoa. know. I don't know. But um, so already there was a lot of interest around that cast and that model. So you have combined spiking audiences and the pandemic. So they were running with this model, which was just stick a bunch of people in a house together. We can have a very controlled, safe recording environment and we can keep pumping out shows as other people are home and want to watch them. Which is interesting because most of my pandemic watching was like catching up from season one of The Real Housewives of New York, which is <laughs> its own journey. But definitely yeah. when you start watching Housewives and I'm not telling anything any Housewives watcher doesn't already know, but... These shows are so different from that style of of reality. It's yeah. wild. And coming in a winter house and summer house, it, it's almost a, a maybe you said this last time, but like they're they're related to Vanderpump rules. Like yes. they're cousins or something. They're kindred spirits, if you will. They're the kids of Twin Bravo. Flames. Yeah. yeah. Twin flames. <laughs> coast to coast. By coastal yes. twin flames. <laughs> Uh, very much the kids of Bravo. And now it's like, it feels like, even though the ages are uh, wildly different, that Vanderpump Rules has gone off to college and Winter House and Summer House are like just finishing high school and 
preparing their SATs and such. Yeah, but they already have the frat partying down. <laughs> oh, God, we'll get there. It's, I was, I'm just going to put this out there before we get to it, but like I was, I was very frustrated with Craig in this episode, and we can speak more to that later. Um, I, I've never watched Southern Charm. It was just, I, I did not have the hours of the day to, fill in all of the character backstories before winter house. But I did watch winter house season one and I've forgotten almost all of it. Um, (laughs) had to do some research. I do like this idea of a Bravo style crossover though. It's, it's, I think you were telling me it's very Avengers like. Yeah. Kind of hinted at that earlier. Yeah. And so interesting that they embraced it because my understanding is that in the early days, Bravo kind of didn't want cast from one show to even acknowledge that other shows exist. And this is obviously a total reversal of that because in addition to just throwing everyone in a house, this was also a blending of shows. So they took some of the people from the cast of Summer House. They took some people from the cast of Southern Charm, partly because my understanding is they knew that there was friendships across these shows anyway. Mm. So they wanted to build off those. And then they brought in a few new people. Yeah. And it just feels like what a weird stance to have. Cause I heard that rumor too, a while back, like you don't mention another Bravo show, yada, yada, but like it only seems to help the shows. Like I have a feeling if I would have known more characters from Shaws of Sunset, I would have watched more episodes of Shaws of Sunset. Absolutely. But now I'm learning about more characters after they've been canceled because of Raquel. We talked about that yeah. in a previous episode, everyone. Yeah. We can we can get back to that. Um, is there anyone in the cast that really jumps out to you that you've, you've enjoyed following, that you've enjoyed their journey, anything in that nature? We don't need to go through everyone, but I will start by just saying... The Kyle and Amanda story has been a a roller coaster, especially because he did not make me want to watch Summer House when I saw the backdoor pilot on Vanderpump Rules. It, It feels like a complete change of character, even from the next episode of Summer House that came after that. Like, he's a totally different guy than portrayed on Vanderpump Rules, really. Yeah. Well... Maybe not totally, but he seems he's more of a villain in that episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle has played the villain one or Yo. two times. Yes. <laughs> in terms of characters I'm excited about, I feel like this is a unique show in that I think it's actually really good at bringing in new people. Whereas in some other shows, I feel like they've struggled bringing in new people. This is one where I don't know if it's because of the setting or whatnot. There are some people who were new last season who were new when they came on Winter House, like they hadn't been on other Bravo shows, who I'm really stoked to catch up with. So one of them is Jason, the sweetheart Jason. of the house, who's returning from last year's Winter House. I'm also curious about some of the new cast members. Corey seems like an entertaining one. I'm He's one that I'm like, why didn't they put him on reality TV earlier? Yeah. <laughs> With the pearl head, necklace. What has taken so long? Yes. I've seen some tweets, people being like, hey, if you're wondering where Macklemore is, we found. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. He, and I also think um, Rachel Clark. Yes. We've seen before as Kyle and Amanda's wedding florist. So actually, somewhat surprisingly... I feel like some of the people who have had less exposure on other shows are the ones I'm the most excited about. Yeah, it's always like um, 
interesting to see who can showcase in a different light. Like, especially with Vanderpump Rules, you know, all of these people, like I was rewatching episodes from season four with Peter and then five and some other, like I get mixed up because now I'm bringing on guests to cover all sorts of different episodes. But there was the one like James Raquel cheating scandal, I think in season six, episode six. And there were these three women that hung out with Lala that apparently filmed a bunch, no but way. then only made it in this one episode. And it's like, oh my God, I probably would have followed an entire storyline around them. Just so, just like Rachel yeah. in this, it's like, she seems like, well, she says she's got either a fuck yes or a fuck no attitude. And that's just made for reality TV. Honestly. No, it's true. I feel like they saw she had, they saw her come on and save the day for Kyle and Amanda's wedding. And they were like, she's got that star potential. <laughs> But oh, honestly, man. can you imagine filming a bunch of scenes and then all you end up in is this weird cameo with like a cheating scandal? It'd be so strange. Oh my God. Also, like, my man Peter, like 10 years on this show and like, hey, who knows? Maybe this new season he'll he'll be done right. Maybe there's yeah. going to be some news. But we're not here to talk about Vanderpump Rules, even though BravoCon is this week, and apparently there's supposed to be a huge Vanderpump Rules announcement. Wow. That's the rumor from Dumois. And Trusted source. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that announcement happens, we, we can talk about it on next week's episode. But I think we should get into talking points of this episode, Winterhouse Season 2, Episode 1, And Stow It Begins. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, Craig here from the Bachelor Masters podcast. Do you watch the Bachelor shows ironically, like we do? Do you think critically about the socio-political ramifications of what occurs in the shows, like we do? If so, we're the podcast for you. We, the Bachelor Masters, combine deep dives into the show's problems with jokes and even some sound effects Uh to deliver what we think is a well-rounded podcast you'll enjoy after every episode. So give us a listen, as ironically as you want, on your favorite podcast app. That's The Bachelor Masters, a bridge burner podcast. Uh, a little bit about Stowe, Vermont. Stowe, Stowe is a town in northern Vermont. It's overlooked by Mount Mansfield, known for its trails and ski slopes. The auto toll road climbs to the summit ridge. Near the base, Smuggler's Notch State Park has a dense forest and a narrow mountain pass. The Stowe Recreation Path follows the west branch of the Little River through town with mountain views. The Vermont Ski and Snowboard Museum exhibits ski gear and artifacts. See, this is just knowledge I had, and uh, I'm really happy for Stowe, Vermont. Uh, I used to live on the East Coast. You're an East Coast human being as well. Um, Frequent Vermont much? No, but honestly, it sounds lovely. 
I've never been to Vermont, tragically, because I've been to Maine, been briefly in New Hampshire, have never done either like a fall or winter cabin life. But I have to say that's one of my favorite things about watching Winter House. It feels like I'm like pre-gaming winter for my eyes. Like I'm now ready for it. Absolutely. Now that I'm in the West Coast, I am like, oh, man. Yeah. This this is cozy. Yeah. And I have been to Vermont uh, in the fall to watch the foliage. And I got to say, next time you get the chance, it's great. And you don't even have to rent a house. You could just stay at a Best Western and still experience Vermont. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Go camping if my toes can handle it. My neighbor goes to Vermont every single year in September and picks out his Christmas tree and then goes back and chops it down. That's that how much he loves Vermont. That is some commitment and yes. foresight. Well, my neighbor in New York. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. From uh, California, that'd be <laughs> yeah. that'd be next level. So I feel like we have to start with some of the threads from past things that we're catching up on because a lot of this is building on stuff. So we open with. Paige and Craig going to the house. And something I've always wondered is how much is production involved in who arrives first? Because they always make it seem random, but they always set it up that there's going to be some drama around the rooms, which I have to be honest, if I have to watch another Bravo show where people argue over rooms, sometimes I do feel like I'm going to stab my eyes out because it is so boring and just so obnoxious. But I guess it is just a very simple like tapping into people being like, I want the best room thing. I don't know. Um, I'm right there with you. I think it could more seamlessly be, I don't know, peppered in because we get it in every housewives episode. We get it in every vacation episode of other reality show. And then when it is essentially the real world Bravo style, like we can do better. We can. Although I do want to say in terms of, and and this is going to be more, of a stronger talking point later, but Craig offering money for a room seemed to be a new dynamic to room drama. I know. I, the thing is, I feel like in his mind, in some ways I'm like, that's actually not such a bad thought, but it played really badly because in my, in my head, I'm imagining, I'm putting myself in their shoes and imagining what's happening here. My guess, Paige always cares about having a big closet. She is a total clothes hound. She brings a ton of clothes with her. She wants room for her clothes. So I'm I'm just imagining that Craig's like, Paige is going to want this room with this closet. How can I just smooth this over a little bit? Sweeten the deal with some Benjamins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, From my pillow business. But it played badly. It looked just really awkward and kind of obnoxious. You know, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but... You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like the the polite thing is just to wait for everyone to get there. Yeah. But then obviously that just draws out the conversation even longer than just like, maybe I grab a room and no one gives a shit. Yeah. Never's the case. Never. But, Except Luke. Luke was true. just like, if you want this room, you can have it. Well, he's working on himself. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. in therapy. More on that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> word count on how many times I say more on that later. Now, <laughs> we do meet. Rachel, who you spoke about earlier, very exciting. I think that when I saw her get out and step on directly onto ice with like four inch heels, I was like, I was clutching my Corey pearls. Like, <laughs> I, 
She was about to fall. I was very scared, but yeah. Hey, as she says, like heels are an all weather attire out, uh, shoe i don't are know they i i they know are never a weather shoe for me <laughs> i was very surprised and i guess impressed but also puzzled as to why so many people were wearing straight up stilettos in a blizzard but <laughs> and, maybe that's just me i don't know but also like kept them on throughout the evening yeah just get comfortable i think Paige had it Correct. It's time to get into sweats. Yeah. And you could still have fashionable sweats. Come on. Totally. Yeah. I was also noticing that because I was like, I understand if you want to get out of the car and make your entrance and your shoes do their whole thing. But then you can change once you're inside the house. And that's, I think, even a bigger purpose for everyone on this show. You can change. You can change. You do not have to be the person represented last season. Mm-hmm. Your clothes, your personality. Oh, Lord. Now, Luke is working on himself. uh, And these storylines that we need to recap, a new storyline seems to be with a new character, Jessica, a.k.a. Jess. And I don't think he's worked on himself as much as he thinks he has. They throw back to the quote where he says he likes girls with boyfriends apparently none of these people know how to use the word woman but (laughs) um, that's just me uh he immediately sees that jess arrives with jason and is like oh there's a cute human being i must go talk to her as if he has no self-control at all yeah he just zeroes in it's always interesting with luke too because after seeing him on a few seasons, it doesn't feel like he has a clear type, but it does seem like he's a yes or a no. He kind of immediately either is into someone or he's not, and it's pretty clear. And here it was just like, zoom, laser focus on Jess. But I have to ask you, slight tangent here, Hannah Burner. Yeah. Because that felt like a yes and a no for at least two years. I think interest and commitment are two very different things for Ooh, Luke. Ooh, good point. So I think that from the beginning, he latched onto Hannah. I think that was like clear from people watching. She even said that. She wanted to clarify. Yeah. She was like, people act like it was all one-sided, but I was getting loads of attention from him on the show and off. I think he was clearly interested in her. I do not think he was interested in a relationship I'm not sure what he was interested in there. If you'd like to hear Molly and I have a bonus episode on Strictly Luke and Hannah drama, uh, write in or send me a DM at the Vanderpump Rob's Instagram. Anyway, um, yeah, I think now we get to the tension between Craig, Austin, and Luke, which I was pretty much unaware of everything about this um can you inform me a little bit more on it i know there was fireworks gate yeah no they just teased it at the beginning of the episode so i feel like if they if there are things that are going to be overarching plot lines that we see it kind of opens with Paige and craig their relationship is Uh, evolving we get the sense it's going to be tested in the house then we also are teased with this um drama that's underlying things between 
Craig and Austin on one side and Luke on the other. But I hadn't known when I heard the reference at the beginning of the episode that they're, you know, that Craig and Luke aren't really each other's people. I didn't know what they were talking about. And then we hear the fireworks story um, through the episode. But we I do get the sense that this is going to simmer and potentially explode. Because there's also the Sierra element of this. Yes. Where Austin and Sierra used to date and Luke and Sierra used to date. But Luke introduced Sierra just to this world, right? Yes, yes. In, so, in yeah. Bravo lore. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in Summer House, Luke brought Sierra on. Luke was interested in Sierra. She was not interested back, but she stayed yeah. around anyway because people liked her. This is almost like uh, Lindsay, or not Lindsay, oh, Freudian slip, uh, Jess and Jason scenario here. I don't even know if that's a Freudian slip as yeah. much as just a doppelganger instance. Yeah. True. Honestly, so funny that when we got the side by side, I was like, no way. Hilarious. People are thinking the same thing about Lala and Whitney Rose in the current season of Salt Lake City. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like it's a lot of uh, hairdo sure. rather than actually looking like someone. And <laughs> clothing um yeah. more on salt lake city in three years everyone uh, <laughs> i've got a couple of things yeah the, and one that i just want to start with i find it interesting that towards the beginning of this episode like we said luke said he's working on himself he's been going to therapy he's trying to get better great there's a lot of projecting there i'm sure as an armchair therapist myself um but page immediately says Therapy is great. I think it's good for people. It's generally proven to be so. Um, and Craig immediately is like, nope, I can't go to therapy. They'll call me a psycho. They'll do this. And it is a product of editing throughout this entire episode for sure. But Craig refusing to seek therapy and then obviously being shown to like overcompensate for whatever is going on in his life that he's struggling with like we said it paying for the room trying to like showboat or get rid of a problem before he has to actually deal with a problem uh immediately getting to be probably the most drunk slash angry drunk and showcase himself as like the center of attention i know how to open the wine bottle i know how to play this beer pong game shouting at people and like essentially reverting back to college bro when Corey shows up. It just screams like, no, you won't be deemed a psychopath if you go to therapy. You will help move on from whatever's keeping you in this weird place of anger, it almost feels like. I don't know. Like I said, armchair psychiatrist over here. Yeah, like surely, first of all, I think everyone can benefit from therapy. Good on Luke for going. But also, if you're on loads of reality shows probably therapy would be a good thing just on that basis alone, because I think it is kind of a, it's an interesting world to live in. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing that Craig is going to have a rough season. They've definitely yeah. set it up like that, that he's going to be getting drunk and obnoxious, a bit mansplainy at best, aggressive at worst. So <laughs> um, it is interesting though, because really what I think has powered Summer House, season after season, is this tension between Amanda and Kyle and the rest of the house, and that 
people were cast on these shows to basically be replicating like a frat house environment. Like the whole premise is they all go to this group house and get drunk together and act. What would you call it? Out of control. Act a fool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think, so I think if you're looking for the people who you put on these shows and the thing, ways that they'd be encouraged to act, it's maybe not conducive to being like a kind caring partner type person and so we saw season after season people calling out kyle for his behavior which was usually getting drunk being loud yelling at people acting somewhat aggressively and amanda being caught in the middle where she wants to be friends and get along with everybody else in the house but she also wants to defend and stick by her boyfriend then fiance then husband And so I feel like Amanda and Kyle appear to be happily married. And in some ways, at least in this world, it almost feels like that's the end of their storyline. Like so much of the time, the question was, will they, won't they actually get married with all this stuff going on? They got married. They're together. So I think that scene is like that story is put to bed. And it feels like we're going to get the same thing with Craig and Paige. So I feel like that's how things are being set up. And I'll be curious if it kind of transfers so easily. Totally. Uh, I'm placing my bet now that uh, given Paige's uh, history of not wanting shitty dudes in her life, uh, I'm going to say they won't. Uh, Whereas Amanda and Kyle did. Mm. Will. Mm. Will. It doesn't work with the will they won't they, but you know (laughs) what I mean. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So something I'm interested in looking at is these threads that are carried from other shows and other seasons. So one, Austin and Sierra's tumultuous relationship. In some ways, it feels like we've been there, done that. I think there is a sense of just like, oh, no, do we need to go here again? Because it was so messy. But it seems like that will be continuing on. Another thing that I'm really curious to see is Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House and Jason's interactions because they were a winter house couple on the first season. They got together and Lindsay then on summer house said that she had had a miscarriage and the baby was Jason's. Wow. I think I haven't reached that summer house season yet. So that's intense for sure. Intense, real, real life stuff. And it looks like we're going to have a conversation between Lindsay and Jason, which is interesting because we really only ever heard from her. And as far Mm -hmm. as I know, we didn't get much more of the story of their relationship. 
Jason almost seems too good to be true in how he is portrayed in this season and last season of Winter House. And not that it would be necessarily like his fault for one reason or another. Lindsay is prone to start issues as well, but like no one is all one thing or another. And that's something these shows tend to always show us. But like Jason's only gotten a good at it so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. People are complex. And I do think that sometimes it's hard as a viewer because from one season to the next, someone will be getting a good edit and then a bad edit. And it's hard to reconcile. This is the same person and we're not seeing all these sides of them. We're just seeing these parts that have been picked out. It's like uh, the In Defense of Jack's episode I just recorded. Mm, Yes. As a viewer, I have strong feelings. (laughs) But even Jack's contains multitudes. So You heard it here first, everyone. Um, sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying, Molly? No, no, no. I want to talk to you about one Ooh. of the new people, Jess, and her backstory yes. that apparently she grew up in a cult. I really yeah. am hoping we get to hear more about this. I did some surface level Googling to just try and figure out, like, what was this Baptist church that, like, made people wear certain clothes and never have human contact. And it sounds like a normal Baptist church, but um, it's interesting to me because I am a, I, I, I read the Jonestown book. I listened to Ono Ross and Carey. I like the Teal Swan podcast. The one made the gateway, not the one made by Teal Swan. Like these are things that are interesting to me. And I feel like, this story of Jess coming from this tight-knit, cultish-like Oregon community and then becoming like a crypto entrepreneur on reality TV, just, I would never see that pipeline. First of all, it's strange to me that like crypto is even in the vernacular of a Bravo show because although, sure, all of these people are probably promoting some sort of crypto at some point or another or an <laughs> NFT of lover boy on their Instagram on the off time. But like to hear her be like, yeah, you know, I'm in the crypto space and it looks like cool, cool, cool. When I'm not producing movies, I also like crypto. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of the most cringy to me um, <laughs> interviews we got was when Jess was like, I like people who have power and Luke seems yeah. like he produces movies. So he has power. And I was like, whoa, cool. that is like the most honest, transparent thought process I've ever heard. But also like, what? Yeah. And coming off of her, I came from a cult like society and now I'm attracted to people in power. Like that's two steps from Nexium. And I'm not even trying to like make a joke about it. Like that she could have gone a very dramatic, unfortunate path, which God, but still even being on a reality show after that is, is blowing my mind. I mean, with the whole crypto thing, you could say she traded one cult for another. That is true. That <laughs> Don't want to totally true. go there, but just saying. Hey, I, I think there's a strong faction of people that would side with you on that, and I am one of them. Now, there's controversy, though, because on this episode, Jason said he slid into Jess's DMs to how they met each other, and then that's how she got on the show. But I was looking online that the story is that she slid in 
to Jason's DMs. Interesting. I wonder if it's kind of like a machismo thing, too, where Jason didn't want it to sound like someone slid into his DMs. He wanted to be like, I made the first move. I dove into the DMs. But That's my initial thought as well. Like, in some ways, it seems like such an insignificant detail. So, like, why lie about it? But that's what makes it more interesting to me. Like, why lie about it? It also, there's a there's a power dynamic there. Yeah. Too. Like I control the scenario. I DM'd her. I invited her to the winter house. Yeah. Whether to be like, no, she came into my messages and then I felt like she would be a good addition. You know, like right. essentially maybe she asked herself. I don't know. But right, right. there is a thing that like maybe J- hopefully Jason's in therapy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she has made it clear she's a go getter. So yeah, wouldn't be true. surprised. Two more things I wanted to talk about in this episode, Molly, that I think we can go through rather briefly, but um, we touched on Fireworks Gate that I guess wasn't filmed for anything. Yeah. But Luke has his place in Minnesota with a little cabin on the side, and he invited Austin and Craig to come stay in the cabin over like a 4th of July weekend, and had left a pile of fireworks, a box full of fireworks in their cabin that they started shooting off when they're presumably drunk late one night. And Luke says that what they didn't think of was his $165,000 boat full of gas next to where they were lighting off fireworks. Now, he's afraid that the Roman candle is going to blow up his boat i guess (laughs) i feel like this is a clear example to me this is confusing confusing because it appears that his boat was not damaged that's right not at all right the boat was not damaged i'm like can it not be enough that they lit off a bunch of fireworks in your cabin without asking that seems like enough first of all they're your fireworks you probably bought them second of all like I think many people would have valid complaints that they don't want someone shooting off fireworks around their house for obvious safety reasons and things like potential property damage. The whole boat thing feels like one of these instances where you're just trying to ratchet up the ill someone did you to get people on your side. But I'm like, if you just left it at what it was, you had me. That sounds obnoxious. Here's the other thing. These types of human beings, we've met them, we know how they act, that if something is left in a room they are staying in, it's theirs. So if Luke is also not going like, hey guys, I'm also keeping a box of fireworks for a show I'm putting on on the 4th, please don't use them, that's fine. Now to be annoyed at them for doing that, okay. But like you said it, you don't need anything extra. You can just say like, hey, you guys got drunken like we're shooting off fireworks on July 2nd and it was (laughs) really fucking annoying, you know? Like, that's enough. I think that's also more relatable. Like, adding in this extra, like, I also own a $165,000 boat is, like, not winning anyone over. It's just making you look worse. Honestly, such a weird flex. No, this makes me think also, because you're right, that, First of all, I'd like to say that I love the off-camera drama. I'm sure on some <laughs> level, Bravo or any you know respectable production company working in any kind of documentary type stuff, you want to always catch the action. But to me, it makes all of this feel more authentic. The fact that mm-hmm. a lot of these people are friends off camera, 
they get together and they do these antics and this is genuinely who they are. And so you kind of know, I think, when you're inviting Austin and Craig over, you're probably going to have some fun and probably things are going to get damaged. Like property will be destroyed. But Absolutely. um, Yeah. It reminds me like when Peter was on the podcast talking about when Stassi was leaving the show before season four and that they just went to eat at the Grove. And I was like, that just Peter and Stassi just going and getting lunch together. Like you would never see that on Vanderpump rules, but it's something I would die to see on Vanderpump rules. Just especially at like an outdoor mall. Like I just give me something that's not fancy and just real life. Um, And this is exactly an example of that. Just, Hey, two dudes that I don't really hang out with much, but we have a relationship. Come hang out at my lake house. But it does make me wonder if there was any kind of underlying tension there, because like Mm. we're saying, this doesn't feel out of character. This feels like kind of part of the package with them. And I think there would be a world in which you're annoyed and you're just like, hey, could you not do that? But for it to be friendship ending makes me feel like there's other stuff going on. 100%. And who else was invited? Right. The last thing I want to talk about is I think Amanda did an awesome job of trying to integrate everyone and like introduce the people who don't know each other. The idea of having like a box full of couples costumes that like, oh, hey, Kyle, you don't know Rachel very well and you're magically paired up. Like, could there have been some production hijinks here to put Luke and Craig in a shark costume together? Probably. But the thought of this game was really sweet. And I thought something unique to a show like this, you usually don't have these forced interactions that just that they, they feel like there's a, a, they're trying to disguise that it's a forced interaction. And this being just blatantly like we're playing a game to get to know each other was really sweet. And unfortunately Craig was having a hard time with it. I thought it was a really cute idea. Honestly, it was one of these ones where I was like, hmm, I'm going to take note of this because it actually seems like a really fun icebreaker. Maybe a little extra. But I loved the idea that, like you're saying, they do need an icebreaker. They're a group of people. Not everybody knows each other. They're in a house. And I actually think it's probably something learned from past seasons of other shows where sometimes the first nights are actually really awkward. So I appreciate that there was some effort put into like planning it in a way to break down the barriers and getting everybody fighting and hooking up, which is really what we're here for. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So one of the last things we see on the episode, though, is Amanda and Paige talking about this thing that you were alluding to earlier between their two relationships, that you love someone, but you can still be embarrassed by them. And then having to defend someone you love or not wanting to defend someone you love when they're acting like a child or angry or grumpy or just not on everyone's good side. And I think it speaks more to their relationships with their partners that we talked about earlier is going to be shown throughout this season. Yeah. I loved seeing Amanda being able to like, talk about this rather than like pretend like it didn't happen which we have seen in previous seasons of summer house yes first of all i'm curious to see what's going to happen with amanda and Paige's relationship here amanda did make some comment like huh i i know something about how that feels like she 
is acknowledging that she has been in the exact situation that Paige is in. And to me, it's actually such a relatable thing in a maybe somewhat unrelatable setting. I think so many of us have experienced what it's like to be in a partnership with someone and feeling like whether you like it or not, that person is kind of seen as an extension of you and their behavior reflects back on you. And sometimes, you know, people are people, they're flawed. It's part of the beautiful thing. But it means that sometimes they do things that we're really embarrassed by or don't like. And I could imagine being in a reality TV couple has these really strong pros and cons. On one hand, you totally get each other's lives. You can be there to support each other in ways that people from outside that world probably wouldn't be able to. You're able to maybe even keep the same schedule, like share work. Like there seems like there'd be a lot of pros, but the cons are that everyone is seeing and kind of watching for all of your fights and you're putting that all on display. And the reason that you're on reality TV might also make it so that you're someone who tends to act out a lot um, and you're just receiving everybody's judgment. The thing that I really like about Amanda and Paige, though, that hasn't been true of all Bravo couples is I think they're able to acknowledge and be okay with the bad behavior of their partner in a way that I find refreshing. They're not someone who's demanding complete loyalty or like never say anything bad about my partner. They're like, yeah, we know that they're acting stupid right now. And I find that so relatable as well, you know? Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about is we have not seen Tom and Tom. We saw them on the, on this season of at the beginning. And let me tell you, every time I see the clip of Tom and Tom, I laugh out loud when it goes to Sandoval going, dude, this house is fucked up. And then (laughs) cut to Schwartz going, I think I have alcohol poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me laugh every single time. But uh, are there any things that you expect from this? Because we also know that, so, you know, it's going to be guest starring Tom and Tom, as well as Lindsay's coming back on and Carl. This season of Winter House, first of all, I'm so excited to see the Toms come back. I don't know what it is. I'm not analyzing it. Every time I see them on the trailer, I'm like, I am living for this. I want to know how long they'll be on. I really hope they're not just teasing us with a little bit and it's just a blip. Even though if it is just a blip, I will take it and I'll be grateful. Um, Because there just is some kind of magic that the Vanderpump crew has. Yeah. I don't want to be let down, but I'm managing my expectations and... I think it's going to be a great few episodes that they come in on. And let me tell you, if for whatever reason, Tom and Tom episodes also overlap with Lindsay and Carl episodes, I I will have the biggest bag of popcorn. Because <laughs> that party will be intense. But I'm hoping yeah. it's going to be over the span of a few episodes for sure. Yes. I don't know about you, Rob, but this episode made me feel like pulling out my flannel shackets, warming up a cup of hot cocoa, maybe putting in a splash of fireball and cozying up in front of that TV. I'm here for it. 100%. I've got my uh, scented autumn candle next to me on my desk right now to, you know, feel like I'm on the East Coast, feeling a little bit cozy, as I said earlier. It's great. Molly, thanks for joining me on this. And just a reminder to everyone who's listening, Molly will be joining me on all of these episodes of Winter House and hell 
maybe future episodes of Vanderpump Rules as well. So if you like it, stay subscribed. Do the damned thing that we always do with podcasts, which is leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. The more positive, the better. Uh, Really helps me out and costs you absolutely nothing. But hey, say you want to throw some money towards a podcast. Vanderpump Robs does have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Vanderpump Robs. I do watch parties, but I also release these episodes without any ads attached to them. And I will release them on the Patreon before they go live to the public. So you get the taste first. You also get a direct line to me for any questions you may have or questions you want answered on the podcast by myself and Molly. So join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Vanderpump Robs, and we will see you next time on Vanderpump Robs, where we will be discussing Winter House Season 2, Episode 2. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. Wait, Rob? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah.